0: The drive to Bettner's house was a couple of miles from their location, about a mile outside of the city limits. The town was typical of most small towns in Iowa. A central road, aptly named Main Street, ran down the middle of it. A post office, several bars, and a convenience store taking up a majority of the space. As they drove down Main Street, the locals were already up and at the convenience store for their morning coffee. They stared and pointed at the small convoy. This was big news for a little town, and within minutes everyone would know. But Jake wasn't worried. Bettner's acreage was just a few blocks away, and he would know soon enough. As they neared the house, all looked quiet. No one outside, no lights on in the house. Jake noticed the cars, parked haphazardly on the lawn, had frost on the windshields. They'd been there a while. The White House, at least he thought it was once white, was weather-worn and in desperate need of a new coat of paint. It was funny the things a person noticed under stress. The barn was in similar disrepair. Doors were missing, leaving gaping black holes, while others were hanging askew, hinges. Several planks were gone, and the ones that remained were starting to take on a rotted look. Several of the window panes were either missing or half-broken out. The wind blew hard, and old curtain flapped at one of the barn's broken windows. To the north of the barn were rusted-out old cars that had vegetation growing up inside the frames. An old swing set, without any swings, sat next to the house. It looked as if it had seen many Iowa winters and was now just something to mow around. All looked quiet. Jake was happy. Still, Jake knew appearances could be deceiving, and it was still best to go in hard. He accelerated into the driveway. His engine roared with the effort, the back tire spitting gravel hitting the cars behind him. Fifty feet in, he slammed on the brakes and came to a stop near the door he was to cover. He glanced at a window that probably opened into the kitchen and saw no activity. He was pleased. They had surprised him, and that was half the battle. Jumping out of the car, Jake immediately ran to his assigned door, pressing his body flat against the siding. Bill was right behind him, taking the opposite side. Tommy made his way to the back of the house. Chris, the youngest of the group, but maybe the best trained, having been through sniper training in the military and special operations group for the marshals, took up his position behind the front of his vehicle to cover the barn door. Jake looked at Bill, who nodded his readiness, and pounded on the door. United States Marshals, he announced. We have a warrant for your arrest, Betner. Open up. The likelihood was that Bettner was lying in bed, sleeping off a high, dead to the world. The law allowed law enforcement to enter a wanted person's house if there was reason to believe he or she was inside. The marshals played fast and loose with that interpretation. All cops did. Jake pounded again, this time almost breaking the glass. He heard nothing from inside the house. Bill. Take a peek in that window, whispered Jake. As counterintuitive as looking into a window may sound, it had to be done. It was worth the risk to know what you were getting into. Bill was experienced. He knew how to do it. He peeked quickly around the edge of the window, letting his mind take a snapshot that he would let develop as he ducked back to safety. The picture was not a pretty one. Bill's eyes grew big and his mouth opened, but it was too late. Rounds from an automatic rifle tore through the walls of the house, ripping into him. Most people believe a wall is protection from gunfire. That's not always the case. It was better than nothing, but bullets from a high-powered gun could rip through it like tissue paper.